You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Isn't it awesome, man? I've always enjoyed having Josh uh, lead worship. This is the second time with us, and it's just a joy. He does a great job. And uh, I just want to highlight a couple ministry areas. AJ is back there. And let me tell you something. AJ doesn't have like uh, uh, history in production, but he's back there every week, and he's killing it, and he's learning, uh, and he's filling the gap and stepping in, and he's awesome back there. Uh, I want to recognize Ross with the setup team. Every Friday night, there's a group of folks that just come in here. And, and give up their Friday nights to make sure Sunday morning happens. And they do that with excellence, put up all these pipe and drapes, all the chairs, set up the stage, to make sure Sundays uh, we're fostering a, an environment where we can learn about Jesus, right? And then uh, the kids' ministry, uh, man, they're just so selfless back there. They're back there not only uh, just watching our kids and kind of keeping a, a sense of focus in here, but they're teaching them about Jesus, and that's the most important thing. And they're loving on those children. And uh, I love um, my, my son, Abram, my middle one. He was telling me to, uh, yesterday how he was telling one of his friends at school how Jesus can take away his sins. And this kid's in pre-K. And uh, he is a firecracker. So, uh, but that's like, that's like the one line he knows for sure. He's like, Jesus can take away your sins. And so he's going to go tell his friends about it. And that, that's birthed out of the kids' ministry and the work that we do at home with them. But I'm so thankful for them. Uh, Davey and Tyler with our youth ministry on Sunday nights, um, they're just doing an amazing job. And each, um, each week, a team of staff and volunteers um, just work together to make sure, like I said earlier, we have this environment that just fosters a time where we can point to Jesus, focus on Jesus, we can know his love we can grow in his love and we can learn to show his love to the world so let's just take a quick second i want to give them just honor them a little bit and it's a lot of us in this room so we're kind of doing that for ourselves but i just i want to say thank you i want to say thank you so i did that for two reasons one because i absolutely love the folks here at impact church um the heart of this church and just pouring the gospel into the hearts of folks and um how we just do that as a collective. We do that together to make sure that that happens each and every week and throughout the week. But second, I said it because I want us to realize that these are all separate teams that work towards the same goal, that we are actually better together. It'd be great to have a children's ministry, but if you had a children's ministry without an adult ministry, you're incomplete. If you had a uh, a big service, uh, a normal service like this, and the kids were always in here, it'd be awesome, but it'd be kind of hard to really dive fully into what God has for all of us completely. And it's great to have the youth group focus on what they're focusing on, and it's great to have a, a team of volunteers on stage that just pour every uh, pour all they have into every week to lead in worship so we can be brought into the presence and and refix our focus on God, right? So it'd be great to have all those things separate, but they're better together. And that's the title of our sermon this morning. We're in our series called Masterpiece in Progress. 
and we're going through the book of Ephesians. And the last couple of weeks have been awesome. Last week, Pastor Dustin, as I always say, he just brought it. Um, let's do a, a quick, super quick recap. Uh, he was in the first 10 verses of Ephesians, and he reminded us how sin is simply missing the mark, right? There's that archery term where we miss the mark, and we've all missed the mark. We've all missed the mark of a holy and perfect life. The only one who didn't was Jesus. And we are in desperate need of Jesus' grace, the grace that he paid for on the cross. And that grace was bought with his blood on the cross and the defeat of death. And uh, Pastor Justin reminded us that grace isn't something that we have to live up to or we have to earn. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's not possible for us to step into that in and of ourselves. But rather, it's a gift paid for by Jesus, and it will change our perspective, and then it will compel us towards goodness. That's what a quick recap of, of what Pastor Dustin talked about last week. Well, this week I just want to pick up right where he left off. He stopped in 10. We're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, and we're going to dive into what is next. And we're going to read. It's going to be on your screen. If you have your Bible and you want to turn it, it's going to be Ephesians 2, chapter 11. It says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without, the, uh, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached to you who are far off and preached, uh, preached peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that you came to die for our sins and to take on those sins and give us hope, give us life, give us a future. But to also break down the walls of hostility in our lives to break down the walls of divisiveness in our lives and join us together. So God, as we dig through these passages, Lord, join us together under one heart and one mind. Speak to us this morning. Draw us closer to one another, but most importantly, closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So one thing I want to do real quick before we jump into my points is there is a key word when it comes to Bible study that this whole this whole uh, passage starts off with. So AJ, if you'll throw up chapter 11, it says what? 
right in the top left corner. Therefore, verse 11, sorry, therefore, therefore, every time you see the word therefore, you have to figure out what it's there for, why it's there. So everything in this passage from here forward that we're talking about is in light of what Pastor Dustin talked about last week, is in light of the grace that Jesus paid for on the cross, that we are, we are responding to that in this way. We are highlighting what Jesus did. Jesus paid for the grace for this purpose that we're talking about. So I just wanted to point that out. That I've, I forgot to actually think about that when I was studying for this, and I saw it this morning. I was like, you know what? Therefore has to be mentioned, because that's a, whenever you're studying your Bible, that's, that's super important. You have to figure out what it's there for. But right now, our culture is just building walls left and right of divisiveness. We are divided by everything that you can imagine, right? I don't know if you're on social media, if you watch the news at all. Um, you, can, you can feel these, these walls of hostility, honestly, being built up. We're divided by our socioeconomic stature, like wherever, you know, what kind of money we make. We're divided by our... Uh, the color of our skin, by our political parties, by our jobs, by what sports we like. We're divided on so many different levels. But Jesus came to do what? To bring unity, right? That's what Jesus came. He came down, he came to tear down the walls of hostility. We have to stop. This book right here is the number one concern in our lives, right? What Jesus did and what's accounted in this book is the number one, the chief concern in our lives. Everything in here points to Jesus. Everything in here points to his purpose and his reason, and we're to follow him. My favorite verse in all of Scripture is Isaiah 26, 8. And it says this, Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your judgments, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desires of our hearts. Yes, Lord. We're saying yes to Jesus, no to us. Walking in the ways of your judgments, we wait for you. Your name, your renown are the desire of our hearts. That's how we should live our lives. Right there. Your name, your renown are the desires of our heart. What we want is to, to give glory to Jesus because He is the author and perfecter of our faith. But the enemy works overtime to separate us, to divide us, and to, to force this heart of division and hatred in our lives a lot of times. So we forget the desires of our heart, what our heart should be focusing on, walking in the ways of His truth and giving Him glory. Jesus' heart is for community and for, for common unity. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So again, we see the separation, and that is what Ephesians 2, 11-22 is just beating down. Break down the walls of separation and division. Blessed are the peacemakers in Matthew 5, 9. Our hearts should align with what Jesus' heart strives for. He's the common denominator. So there's three things that I want us to highlight here out of chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, or the first one is Jesus fought and died for our unity. But now, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, 
you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh, dividing uh, the dividing wall of hostility. And then jump to 17. And he came and he preached to you who were far off in peace, preached peace to those who were near. You see, Paul's audience in this passage is a group called Gentiles. It's the church of uh, Ephesus. And Gentiles, essentially non-Israelites, non-Jews. Uh, to this point, um, they didn't follow the, the Jewish uh, religion. They didn't follow, they didn't practice all of these things. Um, and then when Jesus came, and it says like he preached those who are far off and those who are near, and Gentiles wanted to put their faith in Jesus, a lot of times they were kind of cast off and, and delegitimized because they weren't Israelites, right? So uh, they were kind of downplayed, but Paul just lays into that. He says, no, Jesus came to bring you together, to bring us together. Whatever the dividing wall is, he came to bring us together. I love verse 11. Paul says this. He says, the separation between the Jews and Gentiles was made in flesh by hands. AJ, will you pull up verse 11 for me one more time? I love this. It's towards the middle right here. Um, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. See, we create walls. Jesus came to bring us together, but we create walls a lot of times. And we divide ourselves. And Jesus says, no, come under one banner, come under me for my glory. And, for, and he promises to work things together for those and those who love him. So he takes us, he doesn't respect the walls that we build up to divide ourselves, right? We have this tendency to separate ourselves and divide ourselves but from one another, but Jesus came to tear down the walls of hostility and division to live, preach, die, and defeat those ideals so we can exist and thrive within community. I love this idea that Jesus fought and died for our unity. It's what his whole existence was about. It's what he came down. Last time I preached, I talked about how God is not a God who is in business of duct tape or just quick fixes. He is a full restoration God. He brings things back together, complete joining of things back together in unity. Jesus fought and died for our unity. Our next point is Jesus brought us together under one banner. Jesus brought us together under one banner. You see, not only did, did Jesus tear down these walls of disunity and division, he brought us together under one banner and for one purpose. Verses 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through Christ, thereby killing hostility. And then in verse 18, through him we both have access in one spirit. So then you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are far, you are fellow citizens, with the saints and members of the household of God, 
built on the foundation of the apostles, apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple for the Lord. You see, Jesus says, hey, you over here, you over here, come together. I have a purpose. I have a reason. This is the reason in him, in Jesus, through Jesus. Last week, uh, Pastor Dustin talked about but God, living a but God life, that in light of God, what God did for us. So everything we do is because of God and for God, right? Because of God and for God. He says, come here, come find peace, come find rest. Unite with your brothers and your sisters without dissension, without hostility. Unify in my name. God didn't create us to exist alone. We're designated or we're designed to exist with one another in a common unity, in community. God didn't exist alone within himself. He existed in Father, in Spirit, and in Son. He is in community when in and of himself. He sets the example from the beginning. That is not we are not meant to do to be alone. We are better together, in fact. When Jesus was here on earth, he existed within community. He surrounded himself with a community of others disciples and followers. He designed us to exist in community with one another and not to build walls of division. And that's the heartbeat of life groups here at Impact. We're not meant to do life alone. The heartbeat of life groups here at Impact is to foster an atmosphere of getting to know each other, of sharpening one another, challenging one another, carrying one another's burdens and pains, encouraging one another, we're not meant to do life alone or in division. We're meant to do life in a common unity. It's part of growing in God's love. So while we were scattered and divided, Jesus came to blow away those barriers, pull us together in unity under one banner, and that's the name and the renown of Jesus, Emmanuel, the perfecter of our faith. We are built on Christ Jesus. He's the cornerstone, the very foundation Jesus came and he fought for our unity and brought us under, uh, from all of our flesh-made groups, all of our flesh-made divisions, brought us under one banner, and that's the name, the renown of Jesus. And then it says that he, and this is the third point, he dwells in our collective. He dwells in that unity. Verse 22, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for, the, or for God by the Spirit. I love that. We are being, as, as we are further unified, Jesus descends and dwells and lives in us. He lives in each of us as we give our lives to Jesus, as we place our faith and, and put our trust in Jesus as Savior. But then together as the collective, it says as we grow, that He dwells amongst us. He dwells in the unity as we are brought closer. And let me tell you about something where the Spirit sits, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom. There's liberty. So I just want to say that whatever you brought into this place this morning, there's freedom here because Jesus is here. When, when we come together and when we're unified under the name and for the renown of Jesus, 
There's freedom within that. He tears down those walls. He tears down that hostility. He tears down the addictions. He tears down the, the fear of divorce, the hard times that are, that, are, that are hurting married couples. He tears down the, that sense of loneliness when we draw together in unity. The Spirit of the Lord dwells in that place. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we should be, as Christians, promoting that sense of freedom. Freedom should exist within our walls. We should build up one another in faith. To find faith, to find hope, to find hope or freedom through Jesus. When Jesus enters the room, freedom enters the room. In our small group, in our life group this past Thursday night, we were discussing how sometimes we don't fully grasp the idea of, of needing freedom. We think that if we just tweak this or we just tweak that, then, then we'll be okay. Then we can do it on our own. But last week, Pastor Dustin was talking about this. It says that we were dead in our sins. And we don't completely understand that sometimes either. We don't understand what being dead in our sins means. It means we can do absolutely nothing. Can a dead man bring himself back to life? No. Can a dead man force his heart to start beating? No. His mind to start firing off neurons and working again? No. These things can't happen. A dead man cannot come back to life, cannot be resurrected, cannot be brought to a spiritual maturity without the move of a holy and perfect God without the move of the author of life, amen? Without the move of Jesus who came down. It says we were dead in our sins. So we needed freedom. We were, we were chained by our death. Six feet of spiritual death, probably far deeper than that. But Jesus came and He overcame it for our, for our sake so that we could exist in freedom with Him. But we've been conditioned to think that if we just obey rules, then we can somehow muster up a spiritual breath on our own. We can somehow, uh, you know, old cars had that crank in the, in the front that you, that you finally got the motor to start running after you crank, cranked it, crunked it, for whatever that word would be. Uh, after you, you rotated the handle for a while, finally it would, it would come to life and it would start. No, we can't do that on our own. We can't do that. It takes a move from God. The rules are in place. The rules aren't there for us to come back to life. The rules are in place for us to understand how much we need Jesus. You see, no matter how much we follow rules or we religiously do this or do that, we religiously try to be a good person. No matter how much we do that, we can't overcome the weight of our sins. Only Jesus can. The rules are simply there for us to realize we can't do it without Jesus. Jesus is the only one to remind us of how desperately we need. Why do you guys think that we have to eat food to sustain life, right? Because we can't do it. Like, we can't do it alone. It, we are built and designed to need something to sustain us. And that something spiritually and for eternity ultimately is Jesus.
So as we become more unified in our desperation, in our recognition of that desperation for Jesus, drawing nearer to Him week by week, day by day, hour by hour, the Spirit dwells in our midst and works in our unity. Jesus fought and died for unity, or to unify us under one banner. And He in turn, He dwells in our midst and brings freedom to our collective. And in unity, He creates uh, he creates and He nurtures. But I want to close this morning with a challenge for us. We're called to live in community with one another. But we're called to live in community also with our community. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, we are called to be a light within our community. Our unity should set the precedent for the community around us. As a big C church, as a church as a whole, the unity and the things that we fight for should set the precedent for the community around us. We should be a light set above for, for folks to look to for hope, for freedom. We're called to be a light in our community. And how are we doing that? Just These are some, some introspective questions. How are we doing that? How are we existing with one another in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our schools? We should share the same heart with Christ. When we look at our community and we reflect on how we interact as representatives of Jesus. Are we bringing in division? Are we bringing in freedom instead of division? Are we building up walls of division within those spaces? Or are we bringing in freedom because the Spirit dwells inside us? Are we bringing unity? Are we bringing freedom by loving others, by sharing the gospel, by meeting needs, inviting people to church? Are we bringing unity by bringing others together, building bridges, breaking down walls, by filling the gap? I just want to challenge us with, this, with, challenge us with that this morning. Jesus came to fight and to die for us to come together. So a cool thing about, about this whole idea as I said earlier, that God in and of Himself is in community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The only time He ever separated Himself was on the cross for our sake. And He did that for the purpose of bringing us together. Right? He separated Himself so that we could come together and be in unity with one another and with Him. Blessed are the peacemakers. How do we reflect that in our community? How do we reflect that with our lives and our workplaces? I want us just to sit on that, that, that passage. We are the light to the world. Let's not hide it. Let's go out into our communities and, and seek unity just like Jesus fought and died for. Let's pray together this morning. God, we... 
Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.